The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jalen Nye. This is the Afternoon News on Edmonton's News and Conversation Station, 630 Chad. Well, hey, Chadville. I hope you're doing fine. It's Jaylen back on the air. Had a great couple of weeks off. It's great to be back uh, behind the microphone uh, once again. Uh, big thanks to uh, all my pals, uh, Miss Morgan, uh, producer Brad, producer Kelsey, everybody for filling in over the past uh, couple of weeks. Really, really appreciated it. I hope you've had a good couple of weeks. Uh, at least uh, the weather was a little nicer on this weekend in some parts of uh, the province. Boy, there was some nasty weather down south. Saw some crazy video from, what was it, Highway 2 uh, over the weekend yesterday. People just driving all over the place. And apparently there was just like one car pulled over at one place. I, d- I don't know what was going on in, in the video from it on, on on Twitter. No one seemed to know what exactly was happening, but the cars were going everywhere. And I don't know if people thought that they were driving into something bad, but boy, oh boy, just cost, uh, crossing the green spaces, going wrong ways. Anyway, hope you had a fantastic couple of weeks. Uh, we've got a busy show for you today. We're going to talk about video game addiction coming up very shortly. We also talked to, uh, yeah, we'll talk Stampede in a couple of different ways. Um, uh, producer, executive producer Kelsey uh, was down at Stampede over the weekend and uh, there's a local guy down there doing some really great things with this stunt team. She thought it'd be really cool to talk to them. We'll also talk to a friend of this um a former Edmonton woman, uh, a Somali journalist who was uh, killed over the weekend. Lots to get to. We have more chaos tickets to give away today as well. It's 2.07. Let's get to this. There's a new report out recently looking at the state of Canada's internet uh, use and access. Now get this, 80% of you... 80% of you haven't been able to unplug in the last 12 months. 85 of you have not spent more than one week offline in the last year. According to a recent article in the New York Times, some parents in the U.S., well, they're hiring screen-free parenting coaches to help them raise phone-free children. Now, the trend, which is picking up in several U.S. states, allows these screen-free coaches to go into homes, to go into schools and religious institutions to lecture parents on how parenting worked before screens. Remember that? Whether it's social media, whether it's gaming, thousands, if not more, are hooked. And we're about to meet the founder of Game Quitters. It's the largest support group for video game addiction in the world. But first, I want you to take a listen to a piece of Cam Adair's story from the documentary Game Over. There's a famous story my mom likes to share. One time, she was curious when I started gaming how long I would game before I realized, you know, maybe I should stop. She put the timer on. And I went in the room and I said, Cam, you've been playing for 15 hours. And he said, no, I just got on. Can I just finish my game? We were like, this is crazy. You're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're not moving, you're not doing anything. You're just playing video games. And I remember looking at his dad and going, oh goodness, what are we dealing with? 
Joining me is Camadere from San Diego. He's a former video game addict. We all know someone whose family is struggling, or we all know maybe our own kid is struggling. So what is it about these games that hook people in, and should we be worried? It's called Fortnite, and it has 125 million players around the world hooked. By the age of 21, an addict for 10 years, how did it impact your life? I mean, I was gaming 16 hours a day. I was very depressed, very anxious, dropped out of high school, never graduated. 16 hours a day? Yes. This is no doubt in my mind that there is a tsunami coming, and it's already happening. I think it's a dangerous social experiment that we're, we're playing with. So think about what's happening in your family, maybe with your kids, maybe with your young adults, maybe with you. Do you know somebody who you could classify as saying they've, uh, they're, they're hooked on gaming? Now, uh, Cam Adair joins us now. You heard his voice. That was the start of a, a documentary called Game Over that uh, I watched this afternoon. Cam, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. All right. So, Cam, how old are you now? 31. You're 31 and you have been gaming free for how long? It's been a solid seven or eight years now since I've played. Uh, I quit originally when I was around 20 and then I relapsed um, a couple years later and then kind of came to a point where I was like, you know, I need to stop for good and, and it's been about seven years now. So Cam, can you take us back to the start for a little bit? I, I watched this, I've watched some of your TED Talks uh, over the past couple of days as well, but for, for my listeners who don't know your story, can you take them back in time and, and tell them how this all started and, and when it started? I started gaming when I was 11 years old. I was a very normal Canadian kid, went to school, played hockey, and then I'd play video games. And when I began to experience a lot of bullying when I was 13, that changed from kind of being just a fun hobby I had to being an escape. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up dropping out of high school. I was gaming 16 hours a day, all day, every day. And you know, it really took a hold of my life. It took a hold of your life. And, and was 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 that uh, just the outlet to, to deal with the, the bullying and you, you, you found different friends online, friends who maybe you could relate with better? It's both. So on one hand, you know, there can be some trauma or bullying or what have you that can kind of create an environment where you need an escape. But then gaming is so compelling, especially from a sense of achievement and the social environment that getting off of it can be extremely challenging. And, you know, that's the story I hear from people all over the world every single day. Now, on your uh, web page, uh, you talk and you look at different points going through things, kind of in outlining some of those. Um, gaming and social media are designed to keep you hooked. Uh, that's one of the things that says on your page. Can you explain that and, and how do they do that? Well, games and social media platforms are designed by behavioral psychologists. These are PhD-level psychologists designing their games using exactly what we know how to keep people hooked. And that can be everything from push notifications to leveling up to delayed notifications to make sure you keep checking it time and time again to, you know, red badges, you know, because people want to get rid of them, you know, to intermittent rewards, things where you don't get rewards only for the amount of time or effort you're putting into game but also you know spontaneously just to kind of keep it really exciting and it's the combination of all of these different factors that 
can create a super compelling experience. I guess it's, you know, for some of the older folks maybe out there listening or, you know, younger, doesn't matter, to, to be honest with you, if you go to the casino and the and the, and the, and the, the sounds and the lights and, and all of that, all of that plays for a part to, to keep you going. So the same thing is in with video games. You know what, Cam, I, I, I was never a huge gamer, um, uh, but I my youngest son, uh, actually both of my sons liked gaming and there was a couple of times I'm like, I think you're gaming too much. Um, I mean, there's a difference uh, for uh, d- about enjoying gaming and enjoying gaming too much, becoming addiction. Where is that line, Cam, do you think? The line begins when you continue to play despite the occurrence of negative impact. When mm-hmm. you're wanting to stop or wanting to reduce your time and you're unable to, when you've lost interest in all other activities, and gaming is the only thing that you're doing where your life revolves around gaming instead of gaming revolving around your life, that's where it changes. And for most people who play, they are completely fine. But there's about 3% of gamers worldwide who do struggle. And when over 83% of teenagers, both men and women, are playing video games regularly, mm-hmm. even 3% of gamers is a very large number. Is it, it, does gaming impact, uh, gaming addiction impact um, male gamers differently than, than female gamers can? Most gaming addicts, at least who come to GameQuarters.com, are male. It's about 90%. And I think one of the factors that plays a role in that is that guys tend to play more competitive-based games, which tend to be more risky. Research has found for addiction, whereas women tend to play a bit more casually or more socially. And they also tend to maintain their relationships. So if a woman was struggling with a gaming addiction, she's more likely to kind of lean on the support structure she has with friends and family, whereas guys tend to be a lot more isolated on their own, so they're more likely to search for help online. Uh, Cam Adair joining us this afternoon, the founder of Game Quitters, the largest support group for video game addicts uh, addiction in the world. And when we look at, you know, video games, and you'd also mentioned social media and uh, the challenges that can be there. Some people might say, well, I don't play any video games, but, you know, you're on your phone nonstop. I was at, I was in Mexico last week, Cam, to be honest with you, and watching a beautiful, like, Mexican uh, fiesta production. And there was two young ladies that didn't look out from their phones uh, for a good half an hour, they were shopping for shoes, didn't care that they were, you know, at a, at a resort, watching something beautiful, whatever. They were on their phones nonstop. Um, is, is social media, can, can social media be lumped in this as well? I think it's an umbrella of digital addiction, which is an addiction to kind of the di- digital stimulation mm. that you can get that is very, you know, it, it, it's a different type of stimulation than you can get in real life. You know, just even think about porn addiction, which mm-hmm. is you know very prevalent, especially for guys. And you can turn you know your computer on or your phone, and you can get access to unlimited amounts of porn instantly. Whereas to go and have that sort of intimate experience in the real world, you have to go and meet someone and mm-hmm. you know go for coffee and go on a number of dates, and and then you get to that point. And the type of immersion experience that it can be online you can get so much of it so quickly and your brain can't really tell the difference between online stimulation and real life stimulation and that's Mm. where you can have actual changes that happen to your brain what was the impact on on the relationship between you and your parents during all of this it was really tough and that's been one of the aspects that i've learned a lot more as time has gone on you know seeing my mom interviewed in the documentary game over 
hearing her side of the story, hearing how it impacted them, how you know hurt they were, how I was lying and deceiving them. At the time, I wouldn't have really, you wouldn't have been able to convince me that gaming was having a negative impact <laughs> on my life. But sometimes it's not just about you, it's about all the people around you. And whether it was my parents or in relationships I had or friends, you know, that's where the impact certainly was. Uh, but you're playing for 16 hours a day. You dropped out of high school. Did you ever go back? I went back at one point to try and finish. It was a promise I made for my parents. And I got close. I have one more class. I, I ended up deciding to just continue working on my business. Yeah. Uh, I'm being recruited now for a PhD, so it's kind of an interesting <laughs> experience now. But uh, school was really hard for me. Okay. And I think it's hard for you know some people and it's still something i'm kind of paying attention to but i'm so busy now uh what was your breaking point when i wrote a suicide note and it was that night when i kind of realized you know i needed to make a change i was very fortunate that that night i had a friend send me a text and ask me to go see the movie super bad if you remember that movie yes, of course and you know i went and i watched mclovin and we laughed and you know it was in that moment where I realized, you know, I was actually a danger to myself and I was actually, you know, considering following through with that, not just kind of upset. And so I went home that night, asked my father to help me find a counselor. You know, of course he said yes. And the counselor really helped me to begin to turn things around. All right. You know what, um, Cam, I want to take a break here because I want to talk about your recovery and uh, what you're what you're telling other people now, how you're helping other people. Uh, so when we come back, we'll take a quick break here. How did you break this habit? What was that process like? Hold the line. We'll have more with Cam Adair right after this. For too long, the conversation around this issue has been, is gaming good or bad? And completely lost in that debate are people who are coming forward saying, I need help. And I think that we need to improve the conversation around this subject and be able to recognize that there are people all over the world saying, I need help. And our answer as a society should be, okay, how can we help? Uh, that is Cam Adair. That is from um, the documentary game over and uh, he joins us on the phone this afternoon from denver and uh, he's been traveling uh, the world um, talking to people uh, giving uh, presentations about video game addiction you know cam one of my texts that just came in and said you know is are some people just more likely to become addicted to com compare it to others you know one of my texters is saying you know i've played for 20 years and i've never become addicted what is what is it that makes some people um you know more uh likely to sit down and play video games for 16 hours compared to an hour there are certain risk factors that we know that exist for instance you know adhd low self-esteem being on the autistic spectrum, mm. having you know, some sort of trauma experience in your life, bullying tends to be very common, and you know other internet kind of compulsive behaviors like porn or you know just watching a lot of videos as well. You know, so there can be those risk factors, but I think when it comes to addiction, you know it's a bit unique to each person. The key is that you know some people like the texter are able to play and it's completely fine and. 
Others will literally lose their jobs, lose their families, lose their marriages, yeah. and it'll devastate their life. Well, when you look at it, I mean, look at alcohol, look at uh, look at uh, look at drugs. It does it affects everybody different, doesn't it? It has different outcomes. So you asked your dad for help. Your dad said, "Okay, we'll get you to a counselor." What did that stage? What did that breaking free uh, look like for you? What what needed to be done? The most important thing that I did was I made a commitment to change. And that was a curiosity I had of what would happen if I took the 16 hours a day I put into gaming and put that into other goals and dreams I had, like what could I achieve? And in order to do that, I knew I had to stop gaming because if I continued to game, I would just game and game and game and never do anything else. Initially, that was me getting a job. The counselor held me accountable to that. I was then learning how to make new friends, improving my social skills, finding new activities, things like DJing and starting my own business, hiking more, going to the gym, and just you know having a balance of other activities and scheduling my time, being a lot more mindful of my free time when it occurred, especially on weekends and you know how I could fill it up with other things to do. And in filling that up, that helped with the withdrawal. Did you feel that constant need to, 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 to pull back to it? I still have cravings even now. Really? And those really, like, they come and go. Sometimes they're more intense than others. Last year, World of Warcraft Classic was announced, yes. which is coming out in September. And since that moment, I've craved gaming because I really want to go back and play that game. It was a game I played growing up. Hmm. And, you know, we know from research that the cravings tend to be the most intense kind of for the first couple days, but they will, you know, reduce over time. And the more important thing is just learning how to navigate them. So you can't stop cravings from occurring, but you can learn how to respond to them. So Cam, before I let you go here, just a a couple of questions for, for someone who may have, uh, may be listening right now, who, you know, thinks that they may have an an, an issue with gaming or someone in their family. um, What do you tell them? Number one. And number two, what do you tell parents? The number one thing I say is just know that you're not alone. There are tens of thousands of people all over the world from every country you can imagine who are struggling with this issue and who are coming together to support each other. So, you know, find someone you can talk to about it, whether that's a parent, uh, an uncle, a teacher, a professional, whether that's gamequarters.com, you know, find someone who you can speak to about it. There is a lot of help available, more than you think. And for parents, it's just take this issue seriously. I think we can prevent a lot of these problems before they get really bad. Sometimes they're already really bad and, you know, you need to take action right away. But try and find a way to communicate better around gaming. A lot of these issues come from just poor communication. And the more you can understand the gaming world, the better you can communicate about it. Cam, where would you be right now if if you hadn't quit gaming? I'd be 31 years old, still living in my parents' basement, just completely unresponsive. And, you know, that's if they hadn't kicked me out, (laughs) uh, which, you know, I think is, like, easy to say when it's not your kid. It's a lot harder when it is. So, you know, I know that the best case scenario for me if I was still gaming is doing the bare minimum in my life to survive. And the alternative is, you know, my life is surreal. I travel around the world. I speak. I, you know, fly to Thailand next week. I do all sorts of things. And um, more than anything, I'm just, I'm happy. 
Well, and that is the biggest one right there, Cam. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Again, the website, a number of them here. It's um, it's at gamequitters.com, and there's a link to Cam's uh, personal page uh, and info about him on there. Uh, and, yeah, he's uh, on a speaker's bureau, as you said, traveling the world, talking about this issue. Cam, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Continued success. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Take care. Now, uh, you can also follow him on Twitter at Cameron Dare. Cameron Dare as well. Again, his name is Cam Adair, the founder of Game Quitters. It's the largest support group for video game addiction in the world. And, you know, one of the stories in the in the, um, in the the documentary that uh, caught mine off the top was there was a, a couple that were charged with starving their daughter because they were hooked to to video games, the hooked to video games. They hadn't been feeding their daughter. And you know what the video game was about? Was about raising a virtual human being. And again, I know that, you know, gaming, and we know that when it comes to addiction, you know, it, it, it affects people differently, um, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's sex, whether it's pornography, whether it's gaming. Um, everyone has different thresholds or has different ticks, those things that uh, get you and grab you and and take you in but good on cam for doing this now we find out uh, more again gamequitters.com